0: Lori Hybe, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not, so you can learn, grow, and succeed. You want to learn more about your hosts? Make sure to listen to episode one.
1: Lori. I I know we're down abroad today, but I was curious. I'm sure our audience would be curious. I love it when podcast hosts share what podcasts they listen to or what's you know what's top of mind right now? I I love to listen to podcasts, so I know I go through a lot, and I kind of go through a little bit of phases. But what are you listening to these days? Oh,
2: there's there's two shows that I basically soak up every little nugget that I possibly can, and and I'm always excited whenever the ep- a new episode comes out. The first one is Build a Better Agency. The host is Drew McClellan, um, and he it, it's all about best practices for running your marketing agency. Um, and I've just he's got some fascinating guests that lots of different expertise that are out there. Um, and then um, the other one is uh, the Marketing Artificial Intelligence Show. So um, no surprise, right? <laughs> I talk about AI all the time. Um, Paul Reitzer is the um, CEO and founder of the Marketing AI Institute. Um, and he has a, a podcast as well. And right now, it's so fascinating. Every single episode, it's like the world has changed again and again and again. Oh, so yeah. So he's, but he's keeping us up to date on what's happening in, in the world of AI. So um, those are the two that, that I'm listening to. What about you? Well, I'm have I I'm curious. Are there any personal ones? And I know you
1: love marketing on a personal side too, but I'm just curious. Anything outside of marketing? Yeah,
2: the one that I do listen to um, is Armchair Expert. Oh, see, um, these are all three new ones for with, me. With- Dax Shepard. Oh, Dax. Yeah. Yeah. I have listened to his
1: a couple of times. He's funny. It's a good one. Yeah. So me, we're in a world cup year. I know I've mentioned this before that I'm a huge U S women's national uh, team fan and I can't miss sparks. So Lynn Williams and Sam Mewis, they will run down the week of what happened in uh, the women's uh, NWSL league. And then you know, they'll just talk. And Lynn Williams is part of the World Cup team this year. So it's always interesting. Um, Julie Foudy has a podcast called Laughter Permitted. I just love Julie uh, Foudy, one of the original, you know, women World Cup uh, winners. Uh, We Can Do Hard Things, Glennon Doyle, um, Abby Wambach, I really love and have uh, listened to that one for many years. On the more business-related side, uh, uh, Priscilla McKinney runs a show called Digital Transformation Success. uh, And I I like like her her style style of of, uh, interviewing, the questions that she asks, her guests are really good. And she kind of goes into that transformation and hits the marketing stuff. Um, E-commerce edge Uh, Jason Greenwood, great uh, understanding of e-commerce, and he really goes deep when he asks questions. So I've really enjoyed uh, watching or listening to his show, excuse me. And then Lockhead on marketing. Uh, If you guys know Christopher Lockhead, uh, he's a little unconventional. He might rub a few people wrong, um, but I I like his style. Obviously, I'm on on a a podcast with three broads, so unconventional is part of my nature, I think. (laughs)
2: Love that! Yeah, Whoa. yeah. I've heard. I've not heard of any of those. Oh, really? All right. Well, yeah. I'm on the lawnmower a lot in the summertime,
1: so I get to get all my podcasts, in. it's perfect <laughs> time. And cool. that's a great time to introduce our guests. So, uh, Trent Guier is here with us today. Uh, he is the VP of Marketing and the Global Digital Strat- and Global Digi- Digital Strategy. Excuse me. Uh, He has experience working with the various departments that make Grasshopper unique in the industry as a family-owned company with in-house marketing, uh, in-house manufacturing, final assembly, and post-sale parts inventory. Daily, he works with a team to expand upon Grasshopper's decades of performance as a dependable brand to continue to share the company's story and promote the dynamic product and provide support to authorized retailers throughout North America and international markets. Trent leads the company's e-commerce strategy for continued growth and to enforce its solid reputation for supporting its customer uh, base of owners, including large acreage residential, commercial, and municipal users. So, Trent, welcome to the broadcast.
3: Thank you, and I promise that was written by a human and not AI-generated, <laughs> <laughs> that, that bio, so thank you. I love you. that.
1: Yeah, probably important to state sometimes these that's
3: days. right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah we've got... Uh, our- you know, we, we spoke, you talked about all the things that we're trying to do with digital and yeah, being around uh, in manufacturing for what, 65 plus years, uh, there was a lot of non-digital analog, you know, before that. So there's a lot of uh, seemingly some catch up that we have to do and sort of get ourselves thinking differently than, than we have for much of our history.
1: Yeah, and I love that you brought that up because so many um, m- manufacturers today are still on the sidelines and trying to figure out. What they do with their digital strategy. Uh, you're obviously leading the way. Um, I, I'm curious, uh, how do you value analytics? So, you know, as you think about your business and looking at data that comes from, e- com- you know, e-commerce and your your website, and maybe data inside the factory. I'm not sure if you're capturing data from the specific turf equipment that you sell. Um, you know, how do you think about analytics today?
3: Right, right. As far as the turf equipment, you know, we're not, there's no IoT yet uh, there. It's still a, a relatively, again, to use that word, analog, Pretty, pretty simple concept as far as that goes. Um, And, and we've, we've entered a lot of data over the years, but we've spent so much time entering it and a little less time analyzing it. And so we've sort of flipped that a bit recently, Mm -hmm. where we're, you know, historically, we're making a lot of gut decisions because we were so and, and not because that's all we did, but we were so Developing a company, we were so involved with our, not only our retailers, our dealers, but also our end users. So we really, it was like analytics without having numbers in front of you, I suppose. So we had a lot of good feel from lots of conversations with people. As we've had to scale up over the years, just our business has grown. That's a bit harder to have all those conversations. And so we've started relying a lot more on analytics. Um, As far as e-commerce, we're getting ready to do a B2B and then we'll phase into a B2B website for orders. But right now we've dipped our toes the last two and a half years into Amazon. And so we started there. Um, The analytics that has provided has been incredible. You know, to be able to look at just yesterday, I was studying our fast moving parts. Mm -hmm. And it it mirrors pretty close like what we would suggest a dealer stock. But there's a few things that indicate uh, otherwise maybe. And that might tell you that, oh, this is a part that maybe wears uh, more than we acknowledged or thought of or something. And so it's given us a lot of insight there. It's also told us where our customers are and maybe where our dealers aren't in mm-hmm. some case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on Amazon, we found that the average drive time to a, to a, de- I studied this for the first quarter of, of all of our Amazon sales and the average drive time one way was like 45 minutes to get to a dealer. And so that's why they're buying on Amazon. Yes. And, and two thirds of the, uh, of the orders came after hours, whether that was in the evening or on the weekend that a dealer might not be open. So yeah. we learned a lot of things there that have helped us either adjust some things in our day-to-day business or, or proved that this was an important endeavor to, to follow.
1: Yeah. I'm curious because you're, you're looking at or you're using Amazon and then you're rolling out your own e-commerce strategy Are you also, when you identify that your dealers are 45 minutes away from many of the users who are going on to Amazon, does that also propel you to have a new dealer strategy where you're going after additional dealers in strategic areas? Or do you think you'll maintain the relationships you have with your existing dealers and augment with the digital piece? I guess, how are you thinking about that in general?
3: I think more so the latter. And and I think the reason we might have, uh, the drive time is so long, is that you know when you've been manufacturing this equipment for about 50 years, we've been a manufacturer for about 65. We did some grain equipment before that. I and mean, we've been doing the mowers for uh, about 50 plus. Um, when you've had equipment out there that long and it's really a it's it's instead of just a piece of equipment it's really a resellable asset so either in times of uh tough economy people will maybe buy parts repair rather than to buy new but also our equipment is built to I mean that's one of our taglines first to finish built to last and that's that's a true statement I mean these these pieces of equipment it's not unheard of that we'll have somebody who'll want to buy parts for a 25 to a 35 year old piece of equipment so over the, those years you know your dealers may come and go in some of those areas so there's some Distance there. So mm-hmm. that's really showed us, hey, we need to, hey, sales rep, it's need to go target some areas and get some representation in there so we can support those customers.
1: Oh yeah. I, I think everything you're sharing here with respect to your Amazon strategy is great for other manufacturers to be thinking about, um, especially those that, you know, support a dealer network. The fact that you started on Amazon and and kind of learned and you're watching and you're seeing the data and the data is telling you something about your business and now you can modify that. I mean, that's excellent. Great. You know, it's
3: interesting. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. I know that the idea of a, of a website is to reach customers in a different way, but we, what we've really found too, is it's helped us protect the brand from, sure. um, yeah. so to say, you know, some aftermarket yeah. brands or some, um, uh, ill-fitting parts. In fact, I just discovered some tires that are out there that look just like ours. They have the same tan paint color in the wheel. Um, but when we ins- we did a, a shopper buy on them, a secret shopper buy, and mm-hmm. and found that the bearings are inferior, and there's no bushings on the inside, so there's some things like that that uh, they'll wear different. They may wear quicker, and in the end, that made just that you know, the person who buys the tire says a tire's a tire, mm-hmm. uh, and that may reflect bad on us, and they're going to perceive our brand is maybe inferior or this doesn't hold up. When really it was because that that part was not what we would recommend or sell. Sure,
1: yeah. I love the secret shopper too. Yeah, it's
3: fun. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not sexy items necessarily, but you know, or you know, you're buying wheels and uh, push pull switches and and um, things like that. But you know, it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. You nothing. Learn. I mean, if you get this from me for Christmas, that are from Chris from me for Christmas, that's wise because I secret shop and I had some stuff left over. So. <laughs>
2: So, so Trent, you mentioned sixty years. Is that is that what you
3: said? Maybe? That's right. So we started. Wow. Um, yeah, my uh, grandfather was a custom harvester, and so he would cut oh, wow. grain fields from Texas up to the Dakotas as the weather would, you know, warm up throughout the summer and he discovered that you couldn't take grain to market wet because it would spoil or you wouldn't get mm-hmm. the proper you know the money for it so he developed a portable recirculating batch grain dryer so it could do small batches and it was portable so with that from that then we learned manufacturing and we also learned airflow and how how that air would you know flow around to clear the grain or to dry the grain we then have adapted that to our mower decks, how air flows under there and how sure. air might flow through the collection system uh, to collect the grass.
2: Wow. I, I love hearing this history, this the story. I, I I think that's amazing. And I, I understand what you're saying because my um, in-laws are farmers. Um, mm. So mm-hmm. otherwise I would have no idea what you were talking about. Yeah, <laughs> but, <thank you. laughs> um, but no, it's, it's so fascinating. And I love that, you know, hey, this is a, a, a challenge. How do we solve this problem? And it's turned into this amazing, Business, but I imagine over the years there's been some ups and downs and whatnot. So how has the company um, sustained all these years to the droughts and ups and downs of the economy and, and all the other factors that you know businesses in America are experiencing? Sure.
3: And you're right, droughts are, are something else. You know, um, you it's amazing that our purchase cycles or or sales really ebb and flow with rain. It seems mm-hmm. like short decisions that way, you know, and not longer mm-hmm. term thinking. But that's it, that's really how it works because if if it's not raining, you you it's hard to see too far into the future. Mm. Um, so, how we've combated that over the years is we've put a lot of investment back in the factory in equipment. We were an early adopter of robotic welders, so we've got about eight or nine now in our weld department. Uh, We've been using robotic brake presses for, I don't know, 20 years or so. And what's really fascinating about that, if you go through the factory, you'll watch one one person back there in the factory running three robotic brake presses. And what is really neat about that, too, is we've never replaced anybody. We've never lost, nobody's ever lost a job because of robotics. It's only helped them do more and be more efficient (laughs) about it. It, this is really interesting we just added uh, we've got a number of lasers for cutting you know sheet metal and we just added a new one that's like a i don't know 10000 watt it's just super powerful cuts it cuts steel like you might you know you're wrapping a gift you might take a scissors and just go slice right up the paper it cuts steel like that is absolutely amazing to watch wow. it that machine that we just added replaces four that we have on the floor that we're going to sunset uh-huh. it really actually statistically replaces eight eight and some change that's just how far things come how fast they come and how yeah. And, and what's out there and what's available. And so, for the floor space we're 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 taking up the floor of 2 but we're replacing 8 and so not only does it make somebody's job more efficient but it also gives us more floor space which is already at you know a tight squeeze in our factory so amazing
1: yeah so many companies uh, that are the age of your company over time they just add more equipment and that's how they meet the demand right and and being part of manufacturing in the past you would go into a facility and uh, essentially a whole new building would be added when mm-hmm. you know business was up and then you just keep putting the machinery in there, and you're right; it stops the flow. It's difficult to to manage around. So when you're when you're um, using all the innovation on the factory floor, you really get all those benefits to scale. And like you said, you're not letting go of people. So many people think uh, of these. Technologies as eliminating the human resource when in in reality, you're usually elevating that human resource. So I love that you shared that story. That's right. That's right.
3: Yeah. Also, so we just, uh, when we'd work with dealers, we are the floor plan company also. So we finance the equipment to dealers. And so that's important to us. uh, So that's that really good relationship we have with dealers. But we're also going to see that sale through. We don't just drop a truckload of equipment on the dealer, collect a check, and move on to the next dealer. We see that through them so we really become a business partner with them to help them move that equipment and, and that really uh it builds trust between the two parties. Right. Oh, yeah. So For we really sure. work well together that way. Yeah. Yeah trust
2: and loyalty. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. business. Business what it was seems so simple, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I'm always fascinated by companies that the their sales fluctuates based on the weather. You know, I just that it, it never dawned on me again until I understood the farming space. Um, that, That's that right. blows my mind, But it sounds like you, you've definitely built a solid foundation to uh, weather the weather. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and I don't want to. Uh, what do you see I, going I hesitate,
3: forward? I'm sorry. I was going to say I hesitate oh. to compress I, all yeah. that history in just a couple seconds. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it. And oversimplify it, sure. but you're right. That's that's that sums it up pretty well. Yeah, you said going forward, what do we see? A continued investment. I mean, just like those lasers we just added, um, when so many brands are masquerading as equipment manufacturers and really just their. Marketing companies, mm-hmm. uh, we're we're so engineering driven. Everything we do is mm-hmm. is is sort of starts in engineering, and how can we improve the product and go from there? We just introduced a stand on mower, so that was different to us. We've always been riders. You know, you sit on the seat, you have the levers that swing in, which we developed those in the in the late 60s, early 70s. And so for us now to have a stand on, where you're more, you know, you're you're on your feet, but the way that we built it took us a couple of years to come to market, and you and some might argue it, we were a little slow to it. But as we mark as as we've been been able to market that product, we said, you know, perfection doesn't happen overnight. We did everything we could do to then mimic that steering and the feel that you have when you're sitting on the machine into standing. So the, le- the, the responsiveness of the levers and the steering was really important to us. That's really what, what we're known for, but also comfort. How do you have comfort standing? Well, the way that you're, you're into the machine a little bit, you're leaning forward. So your weight's off of your feet a little bit more. And so some people say, I, you know, I'd, I'd rather stand. Plus it, it takes up a little less space on a trailer, which, uh, is a bonus for mm-hmm. for a lot of end users. Um- We've been working really hard over the last few years to, to digitize. Um, if that's workflows that we have when when we're onboarding a dealer, um, if that's maybe lead generation that we're doing um, with a prospect that we then, you know, how we share that with the dealer. Um, if we are selling parts online, you know, so we we started Amazon and uh, we're working on a on a B2B ordering system right now. A wonderful solution that Chris is a little bit familiar with. And full <laughs> disclosure, we're working with Gen Alpha and they've been fantastic. And we really, we really liked, you didn't expect this, Plug, but we really like working with them because they've come they've come from manufacturing, so they understand our issues that we have. That's not just take your data and plug it into uh, something off the shelf. So that's been exciting. Um, And then post launch, we've got you know some plans to 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 bring all that full circle into our existing dealer portal. How can we ultimately a dealer wants to do business with whoever is easiest to do business with, Mm -hmm. whatever that is, whatever if that's how how their payment terms are. Or just registering the equipment, uh, dealing with your lead generation, um, the po- anything post post sale related, and so we're always looking at how we can do better with that.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for the plug, Trent, and I will also say that. Um, you know, in full disclosure, I have a grasshopper mower and it's a zero turn and I absolutely love it. It has saved me a tremendous amount of time when I went from the typical riding lawnmower and I upgraded to the zero turn and doing business with your dealer has been wonderful. So great. felt so fully supported. They're very knowledgeable of the equipment. So you can tell when the process works uh, seamlessly throughout. And I, I think that's all a great, great. step. So, well, good. I am curious if you would share with our audience something interesting about you that people might not know. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's an interesting one. So I don't know, I, I'm, I'm big into uh, weather. So I'm a big bit of a weather geek. So I've uh, got a, a folder on my iPhone screen, and it's on my front screen. So it's easy to access of weather apps. Um, and it's it's not maybe unheard of to maybe spend a $100 a year subscription for something because around Kansas, things move through here pretty quick. Oh, sure. uh, and so we like to have the best radar and, and uh, the outlooks and the and knowing the flow of everything. And so on uh, my son's baseball team, I've become known as the local weatherman, and so they always consult me. They, they, they think it's cloudy and they say, oh, it's going to rain, and then they ask me. And I said, no, 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 it's fine. It should be good till the end of the game. So I don't know. I kind of geek out over that stuff a bit, and I think that's just part of when you're living in Kansas, and you're you always feel like often you're under the gun, and especially this time of year in the spring, where there might be a tornado. Yeah, you asked me this question, and and it took it. It was I was hard pressed to. uh, I don't find some of this maybe interesting, but uh, but I I still share it anyway. I I learned all the words to "We Didn't Start the Fire" by Billy Joel, and when I was probably <laughs> I don't know a preteen, I don't know I was, maybe that was kind of dorky or whatever, and so I remember it. My sister-in-law's wedding. That song came up, and I started singing it, and uh, uh, nobody else did. And I look around, and I thought everybody knew. I thought everybody knew this song. Kind of a fun. <laughs> oh,
2: <that's one>. fun.
1: <laughs> I love that you were singing that song.
3: Yeah, uh, but 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 i suppose to go back to that weather uh, and i also like major league baseball and hockey and all that and, and nhl and those apps that they provide have so much statistics you know baseball's all about this 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 guy is hitting over 300 on thursday day games you know what when it's 65 degrees and the sun mm. is sun is out i mean some of those interesting things so i suppose that's translated well to all the analytics that we're doing, studying our e-commerce and and some of the other things we're doing. It's just it it really helps give you a good picture. I, I suppose I'm I'm pretty visual in that regard, so that has helped me understand where something is going. Yeah, in a process.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I'm going to ask this question too because uh, you've sent me several emails with attachments and other things, and I'm curious a manufacturer's perspective of how are you thinking about AI, Lori And I talk about AI oh, quite a bit. I'm trying to hold here. off
2: on it because I talk <laughs> about it too much. But yeah, no, right. no, no, we have to.
1: It's so <laughs> relevant right now. But I, you know, as a manufacturer, what are you thinking? Where where's your head right now? Are you cautious? Are you bullish? Are you you know where are you thinking you could apply right. it? Right,
3: it's it's fascinating. I get so many emails on that, and I think well, we can really from a manufacturing standpoint, unsure about that yet. Um, you know, we're doing some so much automation that it, I, I, you could argue that maybe we've been doing AI just not sure. You know, I mean, we we yep. put a robot to work that that puts bearings in wheels, for example. Um, that that a person used to do who retired, and we've tightened that, made that much more efficient. So you could argue that's a little bit of AI. It's just not using, say, chat GPT. Mm -hmm. I've been following some of how we can, you know, we have so much tribal knowledge. We have so much things in our heads, but also some things that might be on paper or in PDFs. Mm -hmm. And there's been some solutions that I've read about out there that, you know, you basically turn some sort of AI loose on all your documentation, and it'll help put together a, a, a service aspect of how you can turn a chat window open to to end user customers. Um, I've been thinking about how that works. Um, You know, we're in about 45 countries. And so obviously there's different languages spoken in some of those countries. Mm -hmm. And so doing translation AI, Mm -hmm. um, I think is coming. And I'm really excited where that can lead us because just the time right now to... To translate is, is, well, it's pretty slow and it's, it's pretty expensive.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, so, That's so. been one I've been curious about is the translations. Um, but you, when you were talking about analytics, I was biting my tongue because I talk about AI too much on this show. That is a huge area that I really see AI kind of creating efficiencies is here's mm-hmm. all the data points and it's going to identify the anomalies and, and, you know, the highs and the lows and, and tell the story a lot faster than us manually going through the data. And I mm-hmm. think that there's a lot of opportunities. Opportunity there um, to to lean into AI, especially on on the manufacturing space. So the podcast that I mentioned, um, the gentleman that runs it, Paul Reitzer, um, he's got he recommends any anywhere that you have a repetitive task, there's Mm -hmm. a way to find AI to create an efficiency with that for the most part.
1: Yeah, boy, boy,
3: that's so that is so true. So you know, we having been around a long time, um, and I think many manufacturers can relate to this that when you are much older than the a tech company, it's sometimes hard. To find, to fit your square peg, your data, your solutions, your workflow into their round hole solution. Uh, and so we, we can export a lot out of our system. We can't necessarily have a, a constant back and forth. And so I've been using, say, Excel or Google Sheets quite a bit to pull in large amounts of data and analyze it and read it. And I've been using Chat GPT recently to build formulas with it. I might have spent hours or a day and a half trying to trying to build a solution. I would say, hey, I, w- I want to do this and it will kick it out. And there's a couple of times you have to tweak it, but it's sure. pretty good. Or you yep. can import it. You can insert a formula in there and say, hey, help me solve this. And it'll, <laughs> it will just look at it. And go, okay, here's what you really need to be doing. And mm-hmm. it saves you a tremendous amount of time and yeah. lets us move on down the road. And actually, instead of entering the data and trying to make it readable, we actually can read it.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, and thanks for sharing what you're thinking about. I will say that we, we're we gonna be recording a podcast coming up with somebody in translation. So I met recently here in Milwaukee and I was thinking about AI when I was having my conversation with her. We had a little bit of discussion about that. So it's certainly something we'll bring into that that's great. conversation station as well well, good. Should we move to our area, our segment that is? I just learned that, of course, uh, Laurie,
2: Yeah, can you finish the sentence? <laughs> Again, I was trying not to go AI route, but I'm <laughs> I'm gonna. I figured, you know what? I'm gonna go two things: one AI and one not AI. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the AI side, so ChatGPT launched an app, and I think I read it was even 400 or 500 thousand downloads in like the first five days that it was published which is insane. Yes. Um, So that is fascinating to me, but um, non-AI related thing I learned that um, Band-Aid is the most trusted brand in the US right now. Really? Isn't that interesting? There is a report done by Morning Consultants um, and some of the, the top 10 most trusted brands. Um, Band-Aid is at the top. Amazon, Lysol, Kleenex, um, Cheerios, Visa, Dove, Weather Channel, and FedEx are are all on that list. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, I trust Band-Aid, so. Yeah, me too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I buy any other brand. I think I did buy one other brand on sale one time at Sierra and uh, they didn't stick. So I was like, yeah, you've you I
2: quickly revert back to the the trusted brand. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Chris, Chris what
1: about you? What did, what did you just learn? Well, I was reading the, the Morning Brew this morning. Do you guys know about Morning Brew? I the love, that's where I get most of my, my <laughs> <Yeah>. little tidbits. <laughs> well, I, I have to confess that I did not know that NVIDIA was the company that was uh, making the chips that are really uh, you know, transforming AI. It's kind of the mm-hmm. backbone of all of this. And I guess they have, they they mentioned, I think that it's like a 935 billion market cap today. So I went back and I'm like, uh, okay, I don't know. I didn't know it was NVIDIA. I started doing a little bit of research and should I be looking at NVIDIA for my own personal, <laughs> you know, uh, the financial profile. And and then they almost went sure. bankrupt in 1995. They formed the company in 1993. So they've been around a long time. They've been making chips for gaming for a long time. And mm. you know now they're really on this cusp of uh, being one of five that meet the trillion dollar mark. Um, so yeah, if you guys read that article today, then you probably saw it as well. But I was, I was like, okay, that's the name behind all of this. I, I didn't know that that. Yeah. Uh, Trent, what did you just learn?
3: You know, I sure like automation and I also like multitasking. Uh, and so I really like apps that I can, let's say order a pizza, Pizza Hut and Papa John's. I really don't like talking on the phone to somebody.
0: Mm-hmm. So I,
3: I like ordering on the app. Again, I said I was visual. I like seeing it, you know, it all laid out. So I have a Tesla and I needed some service on it. In fact, it was not the main battery that, that powers the car, but I, I just learned there's a car battery in there, a 12 volt, you know, a big, like a car battery. And I had an alert that popped up and said, you need that replaced or you might not be able to start your car. So I went in the app and, you know, from where I live, I have to go about three hours to the nearest Tesla service center. I filled out, I went in the app and they offered to come to me. And so that saved me a day basically. Uh, So they came to the office. I looked out my window. I watched the the, uh, Tesla service tech Backed his car up to mine. Uh, he even unlocked it, which was interesting. He says, "Oh yeah, when you start when the ticket the job tickets open, I have access to be able to unlock your car, and I can just work without having to interrupt you."
2: Wow! <laughs> but the fact that
3: the fact I'm that, that you can go through and pick your service, and then their system calculates if it's something that can take under three and a half hours we can come to you for certain things. Tire rotation. They rotated my tires as well. Mm-hmm. Change the battery, change the wipers, the change, the HEPA air filter that I have in there. Um, if it's things that take longer than they, they want you to come to a service center. I thought that was fascinating. Saved yeah. me so much time. I didn't have to talk to anybody. Yeah. Um, I got to see it all lay out on my screen. I knew exactly what was going on. I knew how much it was going to cost ahead of time and everything. No secrets, no hidden, nothing, no hidden fees or anything. That was fascinating to me. Yeah. So I, so then of course I'm thinking, how can I translate that to what we do? Uh-huh. Yes. You know, every, everything, Every experience I have, see, I always try to relate it to how can we save our customers somehow?
2: Yeah, I Mm. love that. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's fascinating.
1: Yeah, that's a good story. I will tell you that we just, um, put one of our uh, keys to our car you know the remote keys that can start the car unlock the car um and we washed it in the washing machine and then uh, then dried it in the dryer. so when we started using the buttons um <laughs> they, they did not use, they did not work the way that they formerly worked so we had to go to the dealer in uh, but we had to bring the car to the dealer so very different experience for a, a similar problem I find that I am also really. Uh, appreciating when I don't have to talk to people. It's amazing how, you know, we are, you know, I'm a Gen Xer and I, I'm at that point now where if I don't have to talk to people for certain things, I don't want to. And there are other things I really enjoy talking to before. So it's interesting how- the- I
3: hear you. And it's not that I don't like talking to people. It's that I might like talking to them too much that I might not be able to get the rest of my stuff done. So it's my own, <laughs> own faults, I think, that yeah. I'm protecting, I suppose.
1: Yeah, productivity, right? That's great. Well, thank you so much, Trent, for being here. Lots of great information shared. If people want to get in touch with you or learn more about Grasshopper, where can they go?
3: Yeah. So if you're looking for me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Trent Guyer, G-U-Y-E-R. And I'm glad you pronounced it right. That's how I can find who my real friends are. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> our company is grasshoppermower.com in the US. We have some international sites, but start at grasshoppermower.com. And uh, we have our dealer locator on there and we're, we're all over the US. We're all over uh, the world, just about wherever there's grass to be cut and snow to remove. We'll be there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Excellent.
2: Well, thank you. Wonderful show. Thank you. Yeah. We'll include all that information in the show notes. All right. These are your broads wrapping up. Reach out. We would love to hear from you. you.
0: This wraps up today's broadcast. If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization, or just want to connect with these broads, visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives. Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcasts.com.